Hello, and welcome to the Green Leads Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo, and today we are talking about ultra marathon nutrition. I have a really special guest who is an expert in this topic. It's something that I've never done before, but I know some people within the running world want to run ultra marathons. And Nutrition is different for that, so we're going to go through that. But before we jump into that and I introduce our guest, I want to just let you know that I'm taking a brief hiatus for the rest of August because I'm working on something really exciting. I am creating a community that I'm going to call Greenleats U, where plant-based athletes can come together and they can learn. We're going to chat once a week. You're going to get lots of great resources. I'm really excited about it. I will be back with that sometime in the fall, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, before I get back to the podcast, I know people are on vacation for August too, so that's kind of why I'm doing a brief hiatus for the rest of the month. Please let me know if there are topics that you want to hear more about. If there's guests that you think are interesting, if there's nutrition topics that you think are interesting, please reach out to me, send me a DM, send me an email, let me know because I do this podcast for you. So I really wanna hear from you and I appreciate you. Okay, now let's jump into our great guest for today. Julie Shobe is a registered dietitian and she's also an ultra runner. She works with ultra runners to help them improve their fueling before, during, and after. Uh, she lives in Montana and has worked with many ultra runners from around the world to overcome fueling issues like nausea, GI upset, lack of appetite, everything. She has an online course about nutrition for ultra runners, which I think you guys should definitely check out. And her husband is an ultra runner. She just had a baby, but she's gonna get back to running. So I'm really excited to welcome Julie to the podcast. Hi, Julie, thanks so much for joining today. Hi, Natalie, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Okay, so I was saying to you before we jumped on, I was looking for a dietitian who focuses on ultras, and there is not a lot of them. And you were kind of telling me you found the same thing. This is why you wanted to get into this field. So what made you interested in ultra marathons and ultra nutrition? Yes. So myself and my husband have been involved in the ultra running world for 10 years or so, and just been long distance runners forever, it feels like. Uh and um, I worked as a dietitian for over 10 years in a hospital setting, decided that wasn't for me and wanted to go into private practice and really saw this need of ultra runners needing help with their fueling. Um, and there are a lot of dietitian support out there for marathon running and which is awesome. But when those people want to jump over that hurdle of that 26.2 mile mark, there's not a whole lot of information out there about how to fuel. Um, and a lot of people run into to problems. And one of the main reasons why I started this private practice was actually um, at a more local uh, mountain running series race that we attend. I had 11 friends running this uh, mountain run and six out of the 11 struggled with their nutrition on the run. Four out of those six DNF'd and the other two finished, but were like very slowed down by uh, nutrition feeling problems. And so it was kind of a jump start for me to be like, you know what, when I, and I talked to all of them, what went wrong? Um, tell me about how you were feeling. And for a lot of them, it felt like a mystery on how, like what, 
what was missing for them. And for me and my dietitian brain and just having experience running ultras myself and helping my husband uh, run them, it made a lot of sense to me uh, what they were missing. And so that was kind of my main motivator for starting this private practice. And for anyone, I think a lot of people listening are probably already signed up for an ultra or thinking about it, but for anyone who is kind of new to the world, can we just take a step back and define an ultra? Is it anything over 26.2 miles? Yeah, it is technically. So if you ran like 26.3 miles, you're technically an ultra runner. (laughs) But most of the races are like 50 or 100 miles. Most, yes. So the most... um, widely accepted kind of ultra running race is a 50 K, which is 31 point something miles long. Okay. And most of them are not flat, right? They're like trail type of runs. Most of them, at least with my experience in the ultra runners that I've worked with, most of, most people are doing them on some kind of trail in the mountains. Um, that being said, paved ultras do exist. Um, I've had a few clients run them. And I didn't even know that. So they do, they do exist out there, but I think, um, that the population that's drawn to them are typically more trail mountain athletes. Yeah. It's interesting. I've actually, I've clearly never done one 26.2. I feel spent. So I think I'm good (laughs) there, but I know there are people who want to do it and do do it. And, uh, it's an interesting thing, but it's different than a marathon, right? Like how does the nutrition differ from a marathon to an ultra marathon? Yes. So yes, there is a difference for fueling for marathon training versus an ultra marathon. Typically, if you look at research, uh, ultra marathons are typically def- defined in a time frame. So like most of the time that ultra running race is going to take a person six hours or longer. So most of my nutrition uh, recommendations that you'll find coming from me are going to be based off of a race that's going to take somebody six hours or longer. Um, and a lot of marathons, sometimes depend, maybe you're running a mountain marathon, maybe that's going to take you six plus hours. So then you could still attribute some of the nutrition recommendations for that marathon, um, even though it's only 26.2 miles, but it's going to take you longer than six hours. So you can still apply some of those nutrition recommendations, but most marathons are going to take less than that for the majority of people. And, um, you can get away with kind of just focusing on carbs and fluid, and maybe you're adding some sodium in the mix too. For, um, ultra marathons, you're out there for half a day or longer, right? (laughs) This is a long time to be running. So you're going to incorporate a decent amount of carbohydrates. And then we also add some protein in the mix as well to help um, with muscle, active muscle repair. And then protein also helps calm people's stomach. People oftentimes run into stomach issues when they're running ultras. Um, And then of course, hydration and sodium are very key in matching those with each other. You don't wanna get ahead or behind on one or the other at any time. So there's a little bit more, pieces of the puzzle to kind of put together, uh, to really feel well and fuel well during an ultra marathon, you can get by, uh, usually, you know, people survive, but you're going to feel a lot better and enjoy it more if you can put all those pieces together. Yeah. I want to get into the specifics of kind of those nutrients, but I, I, I think we fall into, I do, I talk about this a lot. I talk about 
what to eat for a marathon and we're kind of talking about race day right but there's race day is just the one day mm -hmm. whereas what, what do they say like the race is your victory lap but the training is really the thing that you're spending the majority of your time on so for an ultra i'm assuming you're training for months on end and how does the how does the training runs look in comparison to the race are people going out and running hours out of time i would assume they are but are they yeah, it depends. There are a couple different approaches for training for ultra marathons. Um, you're going to find, and I'm not a run coach, but you're going to find some running coaches that encourage people. Like my husband takes this approach. He'll do two really large back-to-back -back runs um, in a weekend. So he, and the furthest he might go for a hundred mile run um, or training for a hundred mile run is maybe 40 miles on one day and then 20 miles the next day, that kind of thing. So you'll find lots of people like stacking back to back. Um, and yes, so fueling for that. Um, I always, my tagline that I say is if you're training for an ultra marathon, you want to fuel like you're running that ultra marathon on the high majority of your training runs. Um, and the reason is, is because there's a lot of training of your stomach that needs to happen because there's a lot of, it's really an eating contest when you're running an ultra marathon. And so if you, cause you can get by uh, going out and doing three or four hour runs with pretty minimal um, fueling or just fueling on gels, like maybe you would for a marathon. But when it comes to day of, if you're running a hundred mile race, you're gonna want a lot more substantial nutrition in there. And your body's not gonna know how to handle it very well if you're not training that way on your training runs. Okay, so let's talk about it then. So for instance, these long training runs, do you still pre-workout fuel, kind of do the same thing you would for a marathon, some carbs, maybe if you're far enough out, you have a little bit of protein and fat. Uh, yep. That's kind of, that's kind of similar, but it's more so like during the run that's different. Most definitely. And that's the approach that I usually take with the clients that I work with. So pre and post like uh, pre-running fuel and recovering fueling is really similar to, to marathon training. It's during the run that we change things. So during, so I have a little formula that I encourage people to at least work towards building up. And so ideally um, in an ultra marathon, you're going to be consuming 60 grams of carbohydrate, five grams of protein, 250 milligrams of sodium, and 14 ounces, that's the same as 400 mils, depending on what you like, of fluid every hour while you're running. So that's a lot of fuel to think about and to piece together. So what that might look like, let's see if I can pull off the top of my head an example. <laughs> um, I actually encourage people to utilize because protein is a piece that really isn't incorporated with marathon training. So um, I really encourage people to do a lot of liquid nutrition because it's easy for us to get in um, and it usually sets well in the stomach. So picking like a recovery type beverage to fuel with along with water um, can be actually really helpful in providing that base of carbohydrate and protein. So there is a product that's called Perpetuum by Hammer. Um, and per serving, and I'm not sponsored by anything, this is just an example. Um, per serving usually has about 55 grams of carb, seven or eight grams of protein, 200 milligrams of sodium, and then you mix that usually in about 500 mils of fluid. So that's not getting you all of what you need, 
but it's getting a decent amount of what you need. Um, so having like a liquid base and then being able to supplement, maybe you have a gel or energy chews, or maybe you have some crackers or fruit in addition to that, um, or a sodium pill to get you above that, um, all of those thresholds. Do people do regular food like, or is it, is this too complicated for the stomach and for to carry, but I'm just thinking like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or a cliff bar. Do people do that kind of stuff or do they kind of stick to just this really easy to take in fuel? No, real food is really important. So, um, because if you do fuel with just liquid nutrition and gels, like the example I just gave, you're going to start feeling hungry after a while, probably. <laughs> so, um, especially if you're running for 24 hours, which a lot of ultra marathons last that long, um, or give or take, uh, in that window. So, um, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, there's like this famous, or it's famous to me. I don't know. I think most ultra runners know it. Uh, Scott Jurek is a really well-known ultra marathoner, um, and he's vegan too. Uh, but there's like a really awesome picture. I feel like I should put it up in my office somewhere. Cause I think it's awesome, but he's eating like this vegan bean burrito, like in mid stride while he's running down this trail. Um, so yes, it's, it's really important to be able to tolerate those more real foods while you're running. There's lots of people that like pizza when they run, um, or quesadillas, bacon, um, potatoes are really popular too. So those more substantial foods are, are important to practice with also in your training. So you know how your body can handle them. And this may be a stupid question, but indulge me for someone who's never done this before. Do people stop and eat? Or like you just said, he runs with the bean burrito while he's running, but do most <laughs> people, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, how is this possible? How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. There's a mix of, um, there's a mix of stopping and a mix of eating while walk power running. There's also, you know, it, there's also a joke that's like, we call it ultra running, but it's really just like power hiking a lot of the race, right? <laughs> um, there's a lot of walking and ultra running. Um, but yeah, no. So you're going to find different approaches to fueling. And there are some people that like to really just like power up and eat a ton at aid stations. So they might take some time and eat like almost a meal there. <laughs> Um, this is not the approach that I encourage people to take because our body tolerates food or I find that most people tolerate food a little bit better if we're sprinkling it in throughout our run. So you're going to, um, what, first of all, you're going to practice eating while you're running, because that is something that we're not, we don't know how to do that naturally. Most of us, right. <laughs> so we have to practice that when we're training. Um, and you want to start off practicing that with really easily digestible food, like energy chews, gels, liquids, that kind of thing, um, and practice moving. And you might have to slow down when you're eating those, um, but you'll get to a point where you're able to keep moving and eating. And then, yeah, for something like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, that might be a little bit more difficult to chew. And if you're behind on fueling, you might be, or particular, particularly hydration, you might have dry mouth, right? Because we don't produce as much saliva when we're dehydrated. So in that kind of scenario, it might be really helpful to stop and eat, um, eat that in one place, whether that's just stopping on the side of the trail 
or at an aid station. So it does take practice and you can absolutely run and eat at the same time. Um, it can be done, but it does take practice. Yeah, I would imagine it takes a lot of practice and then also your stomach. So how does your stomach react to these types of things? Because you do kind of have to eat a meal, but you said you're you're walking for parts. Do you just walk after that to kind of digest it or how do you handle that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, most, most of the time, uh, once again, this comes with practice. Um, and most of the time it's been my experience that stomach upset doesn't, it, the cause of it typically isn't the food, which is surprising to people. The cause of stomach upset and GI upset, whether you're throwing up, you feel like you have to force feed yourself, you don't have an appetite to eat. Most of the time that's actually coming from not eating enough. Um, your body has gotten so far behind on fuel that it's causing you to feel sick. And so um, when people work with my clients that I've worked with, it's such a fun light bulb to see when people are like, you know, I actually started eating more on my training runs. One, I have more energy. I feel better on my training runs. I'm able to go do another training, like another intense training run back to back, you know, what is something I wouldn't be able to do before. And also my stomach is actually handling this a lot better than I would have anticipated it. And that's because your body actually has that nourishment in it to function properly. It's when you get behind on that fueling and hydration, that's when most problems happen. Yeah. I think it's counterintuitive for a lot of athletes, regardless of what sport you're in, that they have to eat a lot. They think, well, I'm, you know, I want to stay lean. I want to be in shape. I shouldn't have sugar, all of these things. Mm -hmm. But then once you start to incorporate them, you realize your body is using them. You're not just eating a lot to sit around all day. Right. Exactly. Yes. And how do you, what do you think about fat? So I know we haven't, we've talked about protein and carbs and I, I did a little bit of research into the nutrition for this, but not a lot. So my main thought was maybe since this is something that it's not really a low intensity, but you know, they, there's some research to show that when you do a low intensity sport for a long time, your body utilizes fat as a fuel source. And I am not a proponent of the ketogenic diet or fueling with fat or anything like that, but it was just something that kind of came in my mind. Are you using fat as a fuel source here? What is your thought with in terms of eating fat for uh, ultras? Yeah. So this is such an interesting topic and Um, it's one that is kind of a hot topic amongst ultra runners, right? You're going to find some that are very like fat adaptive approach, um, and they're very pro fat adaptive approach. And then you're going to find people that are not so much that, um, and the truth is, is that yes, you can, you can become fat adaptive. We've seen people do that. We've seen professional runners do it, people on the internet, um, and they've been successful. Um, what that typically means is that they're doing fasted running, they're limiting their carbohydrates during the day, um, and eating a higher uh, fat content during the day, day to day. Um, they're still fueling with carbs when they run, which is oftentimes not talked about. Um, uh, and yeah, so those are kind of like the main components of somebody becoming fat, fat adaptive. So yes, it can be done. Um, 
my approach is to is is that is not the approach I typically recommend people to take. And there's a couple of reasons why. Um, you increase your risk of injury when you start to um, limit a major macronutrient or two, right? So like carbs and protein, you're not eating as much of those, you're eating high fat. Um, so you're going to run into, inc- you know, increased risk of energy of injury. You're going to run into lack of energy, probably day to day. And then, like you said, there it's, there is some research to support that approach for lower intensity sports. However, there, um, in ultra running, there are still high intensity bursts of, uh, activity that are happening during a race or during training runs. Right. And so, um, and the other place that a fat adaptive approach may be encouraged or that research shows can be helpful is if somebody's trying to lose weight. Um, and right there, I also see a little bit of a red flag because if you're training for an ultra marathon, I don't typically recommend that weight loss be your goal. Um, so it should be your performance for most people, right? Um, so there is a bit of a sticky answer. Yes, you can do it. It's not an approach that uh, I encourage clients to make uh, from day to day. I am very much on the boat of like high carbohydrate moderate protein, moderate fat. And yes, your body is super smart and it is going to be able to tap into your fat source when you're running an ultra marathon because you're out there for such a long time and your body is going to be able to fuel with fat, whether you've quote unquote trained it to or not. That's what I was going to ask next is, yeah, you talked about using bacon or, or I brought up peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Those are fat sources. So I would think during the run, your body is using some of that in, in mm-hmm. addition to the carbs and the protein. And and the protein you talked about before and the, the fat, those help kind of keep you full in between fueling, right? Is that like the main reason that you're taking those in? Totally. So I'm a bigger fan of actually paying more attention to protein during your, uh, during your training runs and during your ultra marathon because of two main reasons. The first is it actually helps with active muscle repair. We all know that protein sources help our muscles repair and recover faster um, and stay healthy. So, and we can actually actively help those muscles repair while we're out there moving all day long by incorporating some protein. Um, And that is in ultra running uh, nutrition research too. The other major benefit that is not in research, but that is just what people, my clients say, what I experience, what my husband experiences, is that when we are making sure we're having these little increments of protein every hour, or maybe we have a 20 gram protein bar that covers us for four hours, we can do it that way too. You're going to notice your stomach is going to be able to handle all of those carbs so much better because we're evening out, right? If we have 60 grams of carbohydrates, sounds like a lot. And it, it can be volume wise, depending on how you're getting it. Um, but it's not that much in comparison to how much you're actually burning, right? We actually need that. Um, but it can be a lot for your stomach, especially if we're getting those carbs from more sweet sources. So having that protein to kind of balance that out, really helps people's stomachs be a lot happier during their runs, which is really cool. 
fat, on the other hand, um, is one that I don't typically recommend tracking um, for fueling on your training runs or during your race, um, partly for simplicity, right? There's already so many other pieces of the puzzle to pay attention to. Um, but fat, the main thing with fat is that you want to, the approach that I recommend is that you don't want to have too much fat at once. So, um, there are people that really like bacon. So bacon would be a good example of a high fat food that people consume on ultras. Um, and it's because it's savory, it's more salty, right? It tastes really good, especially late in an ultra. Um, but you might find that a higher fat food content is actually going to upset your stomach. Um, we know that it, even like that's recommendations for um, pre-race day, right? Not eating too much fat, not eating too much fiber. Um, and so that same recommendation can be applied for during your ultra eating a really high fat food, even like an avocado can trigger some GI upset. And this just all sounds so one complicated, but then also to it's individual, <laughs> it's individual to everyone and their size and what they're trying to do. And really, I would think most anyone who wants to do this should meet with a dietitian who, who knows what they're talking about, because it's just kind of very hard to figure out exactly what your nutrient needs are. But mm -hmm. also within that, do you recommend that ultra marathoners should like calculate and track their calories? And I would assume that they need some sort of plan. Like you talked about before, this is X amount of carbs, X amount of protein, X amount of hydration. And that's during the run, but throughout the entire day, and then even on rest days and things, should they kind of know how much they're taking in? Because that comes into account too, I would think. Like I've run a marathon before, you run through lunch, you kind of go after, afterwards you're not even that hungry. It's like the weirdest thing. You just ran 26.2 right. miles. You don't eat that much that day because you feel weird, but then the next day you eat so much. So you have to kind of think about your whole, week or your, you know, your whole training as a composite of what you're eating. So should you kind of track calories or kind of pay attention to that to, to look at how much you're taking in? Yeah, you bring up a really good point. And typically the approach that I take with my clients and that clients that work with me actually really like is tracking. So I'm, I am a, I am a believer and, um, cheerleader of, I don't know what else to say it, of really putting together a, a plan for, for your runs, because doing that is not intuitive, right? Like going and running for multiple hours on end is not an intuitive thing to do. Your body's not going to give you good hunger cues um, to follow when you're running. <laughs> um, but day-to-day -day nutrition, I do typically recommend there's some knowledge there that can be really helpful, right? So like eating a recovery meal within two hours of finishing your, your um, longer training runs and fueling before with, with, you know, easily digestible carbohydrates, knowing things like that um, are really important and really helpful for somebody to be getting enough nutrition. When it comes to day and day to day nutrition, I am a huge believer in listening and following your hunger cues, um, which to your point, you brought up can get really skewed <laughs> when you're training, not only for a marathon, but also for an ultra marathon. So having that 
knowledge of, okay, even though I might not feel very hungry right now, it's still important for my body to get fuel and nutrition, um, carbs, protein, fat, and, and knowing how to go about that, um, whether a smoothie works best or, um, you know, a stir fry of some kind, something that sounds good to that person. Um, and they know the importance of the need to fuel. Um, and maybe they say, okay, I can't eat very much right now, but at least I'm going to eat some. And a couple hours later, I'm going to eat again. Just having that knowledge of uh, that food is important and that getting a balanced diet is important. Um, but I don't typically, to, to specifically answer your question, I don't typically encourage people to track calories um, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, it's more of an approach of understanding that the food is important for them. They don't have any uh, good or bad uh, food approach to, you know, like views of food um, that we can kind of work through that instead. Um, and just know that listening and learning their hunger cues, um, making sure that their body feels like they've gotten enough food on a day-to-day -day basis is more important than a number of calories. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it would be way too much work to track calories yeah. constantly and then also do all this whole plan and everything. But uh, my last thing I wanted to touch on was hydration. I always say that hydration is the easiest thing to change to enhance performance because I think most people just ignore it. And it's so vital to what you're doing and so easy to do. All you have to do is drink something. But right. I, it's also not that I'm, it, I say that, but it's not that easy because you have to take in a lot, a lot, a lot of fluid. So totally. how do you, how do you approach hydration for something like this? Uh, you talked about taking in liquid calories. Does that contribute to your hydration? Yes, it does. Um, fluid and specifically for ultra running that once again, this is unique to ultra running. Ultra runners are at more of a risk for hyponatremia, which means low, low sodium levels in your blood. And the reason that is, is because we're out there for six plus hours and we are running and we are sweating out a lot of sodium. And a lot of the food that we have to replenish with is not high enough in sodium to replace how much salt the, the runner is sweating out. Um, and so this can become a very serious issue. It can lead to, um, I believe seizures. And if it gets really bad, people can die from hyponatremia. So this is a complication that is, you, uh, uh, one to be very mindful of. And there, you know, I have this kind of like prescription that I, you know, if you go to my social media, you're going to see it all over the place, 250 milligrams of sodium an hour, um, and 14 ounces of fluid an hour. That is really like the lowest you want to be at. Um, because, <laughs> uh, that's comes from the research, but it's the, these low numbers, most people need more than that um, to keep their sodium levels up higher. So the main thing is that people are matching their sodium and their fluid intake together. So they're not getting ahead or behind on one or the other. Um, does that make sense? 
Yeah, for sure. So then are you, do you recommend salt tabs for people? Yes. Um, so salt tabs are also kind of a, it's funny, there's mixed uh, beliefs of about salt tabs out there in the ultra running world. I'm not as connected for marathon running, so I don't know if that's the case there too. Um, there's a belief that taking salt tabs will actually drive um, you to drink more water, which then would cause the hyponatremia to be even that much more of an issue. Um, and I haven't personally found that to be the case. I haven't found that with clients either. Um, and there's people like myself who I actually don't really like electrolyte beverages. <laughs> I don't enjoy the taste of them. So the approach I take is salt tabs or electrolyte tabs and plain water. And that works fine for me. And um, I don't find that it drives me to over drink and overhydrate and get behind on sodium. So, um, so yes, so there's two different approaches that you can take. Many ultra runners really enjoy electrolyte beverages, which makes it easier because a lot of those do have upwards of 200 to 400 or more uh, milligrams of sodium in a half a liter um, or 500 milliliter bottle. So that can make it a little bit easier to track um, and how much sodium they're getting. I have had clients that do need like a thousand milligrams of salt an hour. And that's a lot to be consuming in addition to their fluid. So um, the needs of salt and hydration are we hear this all the time, so individualized, heat, humidity, elevation, all of that can change. Um, but the place I encourage people to start with is that that baseline of no less than 250 milligrams of sodium an hour and 14 ounces of fluid an hour. It's interesting. I don't know if I've ever heard that within the marathon community about, but I don't actually know that many people who take salt tabs because I think the sports drinks or the sports products have enough sodium in them for a marathon. And I feel the same way. I'm not a big sports drinks person. I'd rather do a gummy or a goo with just water. I don't know why. I think it's this, I'm not a huge sweet. I'd rather have salty than sweet. That's just me. But I, yeah. I, I think with the salt tabs, it's for any, for reference, for the normal person who is not an athlete, you're supposed to take in, I think it's 2,300 milligrams of sodium a day. So it's a, it's a right. huge amount more for athletes, yes. but it's like the sugar we were talking about before you're using it. This is not yep. something you're just taking in and then sitting around. So that's really interesting. I didn't even think about that. And, uh, that's a whole nother reason that people should talk to a dietitian who specializes yes. in ultras. So Thank you so much for all of this information. I think people should go follow you and find you because you're so knowledgeable about this. And there's so much that goes into nutrition for these races. So where can they find more from you? Oh, thank you, Natalie. Yeah. So the main place to find me is on Instagram. My handle is at ultra.nutrition. Um, oh, ultra. Well, what is my handle? Oh <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes so people can find at you. Ultra.runner.nutrition. That's my handle. <laughs> I haven't said it out loud in a while. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, um, but yes, I actually am having a baby within the next week. I don't know when this will be published. So maybe when it's out, I'll already have a baby. Um, but I do have an online course uh, that people can, if they're looking for how to put these pieces of the puzzle together and some support and 
saving time on really trial and error new, uh, fueling, um, they can look into that online course to help them fuel better so they can race better and feel better and enjoy their ultra um, and not run into so many fueling issues. And then, um, but yeah, connect with me on there. Send me a DM. I love chatting with people and um, hearing about their goals and what they're struggling with too. So Yes, thank you so much. And by the time this is out, yes, Julie will have had a baby. So <laughs> connect with her and go find her course until she's back. And um, I appreciate all this info. So thanks again. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo. And if you want to learn more from me, follow me on social media at Greenleats or visit my website at greenleats.com.